Today's episode is sponsored by the American Homebrewers Association. Become a part of the U.S.'s largest community of homebrewers for just $48 a year by going to unitedwedrink.com slash AHA. What exactly do you get with your AHA membership? How about a year-long subscription to Zymergy Magazine, the world's longest-running homebrew magazine? Exclusive deals and discounts at over 2,000 breweries, bars, and bottle shops across America. Discounts on brewers' publication books and merchandise. Access to a huge library of previous HomebrewCon seminars and talks. And early access to purchasing tickets to each year's Great American Beer Festival and Savor. Sign up now by going to unitedwedrink.com AHA and get a year's membership for just $48. And if you sign up now, you'll get a free gift What's that gift? I'm not saying. You need to go see for yourself. It's pretty great. Support United We Drink, support homebrewing, and support the American Homebrewers Association at unitedwedrink.com slash AHA. The opinions and statements in this podcast do not represent those of the hosts, employers, co-workers, family, or imaginary friends. Now enjoy the show. Happy hour. More like amateur hour. Welcome to United We Drink. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the only podcast with more unwritten rules than Major League Baseball. Welcome to United We Drink, right here on unitedwedrink.com, as well as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and wherever fine podcasts are found. My name is Mike Urevich, and I am the only one doing this intro today because we have a special episode for you. Uh, You see, Phil was not available to record, so we decided to do something I've wanted to do for a while. I've wanted to sit down with each one of my co-hosts and interview them individually. And likewise, I've wanted them to sit down and interview myself and their counterpart on the show and allow our listeners to get to know us a little bit more. So that's what we're doing here today. I am sitting down and interviewing my co-host, Joel Codner, and I talk to him about things about his life, uh, where he where he was raised, uh, why he has such a tight connection with Chicago, um, and about beer, of course. It's his career. It's our career. And uh, I think that it was a really fun conversation. I try to keep it pretty positive, but we touch on some some kind of personal topics uh, during during this course of uh, about an hour or so. So uh, sit back and enjoy me and Joel just talking. All right, Joel, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing well. How are you? All right. 
you're coming off of a a self-imposed Twitter ban. You uh, yeah. temporarily deactivated your account for a couple days. <laughs> I had I... multiple people contact me directly, making sure you're okay, <laughs> because <laughs> them seeing that your account was gone really freaked them out. Well, that's nice to hear. I was uh, having a bit of a meltdown, and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to close this account temporarily and step back and get some air because uh, I felt like I was just going to make things a lot worse if I kept tweeting. And uh, you know me with Irish goodbyes, you know, um, and my hero George Carlin had a line about, you know, he, he he wasn't buried, but he was always joking about having his headstone say something like, oh, he was here a minute ago. That is definitely something that I've come to uh, understand about you. Even when I feel like sometimes when you try to Irish goodbye, it is a little obvious when you do it. <laughs> so it, maybe it's, uh, I don't know, some uh, reverse Irish goodbying. So this this brings me to really my first question, because I think a lot of people... Uh, who listen to the show have gotten to know you by Twitter. Um, they might not know you in person at all or very little in person. There's probably even a good amount of people who listen to this who know you well in person. So with that, like, I'd like people to really understand, like, who you are and, like, beyond just the kind of character that you sometimes portray on Twitter. <laughs> so, no, uh, I, like, I, I want this to be like, who is Joel? And with that, like everyone I think kind of knows you love Chicago. You, you talk about it all the time. You talk about, the breweries that you love there all the time, like the Off Colors, the Metropolitans, Dovetail, Rev, Half Acre, so on and so forth. So what is your direct connection or even indirect connection with Chicago? Well, I'm originally from there, and I'll clarify by saying the north suburbs, uh, you know, Evanston and Northbrook specifically, because uh, the more people I follow from there, the more they seem annoyed that people will call themselves from Chicago and, you know, technically they're not from the city. So it seems like there's a lot of argument about, you know, everybody's arguing about everything online. So, uh, you know, I don't know how serious that is. But, uh, yeah, I lived there until I was almost 13. Uh, my parents split. I got uprooted and moved here with my dad. And, uh, you know, he, he wanted to be closer to his family. And... Uh, I had not been back in a very long time since that last trip in December where I went for 48 hours and got to meet a bunch of awesome beer people and check out some great breweries. Um, I had last been there in 2016 for two weeks for Siebel, and then before that it had been like almost 15 years since I had been back. Um, going in December really changed my relationship with it because it was always linked to kind of something tragic for me, you know, having to you know, split up your family and move. So, um, I think going back this last time, you know, as 
a full-grown adult, someone in the beer industry, like like my my motivations for going, my my reasons for being there, the the things I did up there, they had nothing to do with the past and everything to do with the present and and hopefully even my future. Um and it was great. Like it really changed my relationship with the city. It wasn't tied to so much negativity for me anymore and you know, I I would love to spend some more time there. Um I was planning a trip to go there in shit july i think and you know then all this stuff happened and you know i was hoping to take my wife and kids and and really show them around and and do some fun activities and check out a lot of cool stuff but um you know obviously that didn't work out what uh what what draws you uh, besides the uh being born there thing which I mean, none of us have control over, uh, and it, it's it's kind of like uh, you just kind of automatically are are connected to it. What draws you to liking Chicago so much? Well, it's just a. It felt like a different vibe when I was there. Um, you know, beer wise. You know, down here, everything feels like it has to be super trendy and flashy, and nothing feels consistent and stable to me. I don't know how to fully explain that. Um, there, there, you know, there's obviously the the second city, working class, working man aspect of it that I really like. I kind of felt that way a little bit when I was in Seattle for a little bit. Um, it, it felt more approachable than, you know, a giant city like New York or even some other places. Uh, I just, I, I, I like the people of the Midwest. It's relatively more laid back than here, if that makes any sense. Um, and, you know, you see some breweries, I, just culturally it feels slightly more evolved. And, and I, I when I talk about this, I try not to make it a knock on the culture down here. It's just down here never really felt like it was for me. And that wouldn't, I, I mean, I would say that if I weren't in this business at all. I mean, it's, there's just something about Florida. And maybe it was because I was brought here against my will that, you know, it, there's there's a bad taste in my mouth over it or something like that. I don't know. But, um I don't know. Like I, I still feel like my roots are there, even though it's been so long. Um, there's really no one there left for me, aside from all the new people I've met. It's not like much of my family are around there. Um, I, I, I've pretty much broken off contact with any former friends from up there. Like it got, it got really hard, you know, finding all your old friends on like Facebook and stuff, and then seeing the lives they've you know grown into and everything and, and you've missed all of it you know like mm. I, don't, I don't know if that makes sense but oh yeah um you know it kind of feels like when marty shows up in the alternate 1985 and you know he has to start looking through newspapers like holy shit what happened to this guy and you know like like everything has changed and and you didn't know it so um you know it, it got kind of hard to like follow them and stuff and um you know i i and I never really kept the greatest contact with them anyway. So like, I, you know, once in a while I would like go down the Facebook rabbit hole and, and look up old people and stuff like that. And, and I had to just stop doing that and I hadn't like focus on my current life and not the past, you know? Yeah. You, you said 13 
you were when you moved? Yeah, I was to... I was a few months from turning 13. Okay. I I was 14 when I moved from the Philly suburbs down to to Florida. So, very similar time frame and I like when I moved back to the Philly area, moved into the city uh for a year. I was friends with a number of people, or well, friends on Facebook with a number of people that I went to school with and that I was friends with uh, back in those times. But I didn't see any of them. I I never made any attempt to hang out with any of them. None of them made any attempt to hang out with me. It's, I, I mean, you you see the the marriages and the children and the careers that people have had and I'm I'm happy and I'm proud for them and and all of that but yeah it's a, a whole life has happened uh, between uh, then and now and it feels weird to kind of step back into that and or at least attempt to step back into that and think that like oh you can kind of pick up where things left off because. It, it, it's not exactly like that. So I, I, I definitely can uh, uh, agree with where you were on that. Um, and you, you mentioned the, the working man kind of vibe of, of Chicago. Chicago is one of the older cities in the country. It's uh, was the third largest city in the country, too, uh, by population. So. Probably. I mean, it's New York and LA. It's kind of funny for you to say like it's a slower vibe than down here, with it being an old, bustling metropolis that it is. But I, I somewhat feel the same way about uh, that in Philly, and that like some of the people I guess are just they're more accustomed to uh, living in the city, to where. the city life has just consumed them to where it's easier uh, that way. And the people who cause chaos in the city are the people coming into the city to work from the suburbs uh, and so on. Uh, Where down here, we live in this almost perpetual suburbia, at least in like Palm Beach County, I feel like. It's just a sprawl of suburban communities um, some of the cities have small downtown areas and whatnot, but there isn't a big city vibe until you maybe get to Lauderdale and Miami. And everything just seems like everyone's in a rush. Everyone's in a hurry. Uh, you're in their way to to get there. They're coming down the wrong aisle at the grocery store. They're coming down, <laughs> <laughs> they're coming down the wrong way. This is, this is like your... your continual this is your catchphrase this is my shtick yeah Yeah. (laughs) uh hail satan and enjoy arby's uh are soon going to be taken over by you complaining about one-way aisles (laughs) and stores Um, it feels like the passage of time here too is is very different it feels like it's so fast here maybe because the seasons don't change and and like every day just feels exactly the same so you know with the seasons changing and the cold and the winter, there seems to be like a like a, like a like a hardness that that comes over you. Like like you you have to adjust to conditions that are outside of your control. And for us, you know, it's really just the rain or you know the hurricanes and shit like that. And that's only a small section of the year, and it's not 
it's not like it's constant. You know, it comes and goes, it comes and goes, but, you know, up there I feel like time stretches a little more as you go through more of these changes happening around you. Oh, yeah. They, I mean, the, especially in Chicago, like the endless winter uh, concept kind of plays out, it seems, to a lot of people up there because it gets so chilly, like, and cold from the lake effect and even though it might only be three and a half four months out of the year like that really takes its toll on people but that that change i love personally that it it always just keeps you on your toes about life and like it's ridiculously hot during the summer. Well, then it starts to cool off in the in the autumn. Then it gets cold in the winter. And by the time that you're sick of the cold, it starts to warm back up in the spring and then gets back into the hot of the summer and you're sick of that and it starts getting cold. Like maybe maybe it sounds uh like you're just beating yourself over the head. Uh but I I like knowing that change is coming and I like knowing that uh, you don't have to stick with the same thing all the time uh, at one particular time. I get that you can call that cycle uh, unforgiving and repetitive, but I prefer that over just the heat and humidity eight months out of the year. Yeah, and I mean, we used to vacation here once or twice a year. Um, my dad always had family down here, so, um, but it, it was like, you know, a shout out to the, uh, Bitter Units podcast, you know, Tim and them had me on the other night, um, cause I had mentioned something to them about how when you see Florida in the movies, it's always like palm trees and the glorious Stefan music and the fucking bongos and the flamingos. I'm like, I've never seen a flamingo. I think they're like unicorns, like they're <laughs> bullshit. They don't exist. I uh, I live on a street that has flamingo in the name, and never you, you're and the neighborhood has it in the name. There's no flamingos around here. Yeah, it's uh, it. There's so much artificiality to me and superficiality. Like it's, I don't know. It's hi nugget. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, I get what I, you mean, but I, I've I think... never, I've never adjusted. You know what I mean, and I don't mm. know if I ever will. It's just not my speed. I, I was in the same uh, place as you, and I wanted my to bedroom? get the what? My bedroom. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> uh, like right there, over there. Uh, I wanted to get the fuck out of Florida uh, as soon as possible. I did, and now I'm back. But that's not necessarily by choice or extenuating circumstance. But one thing from coming back that I, I feel like, and you and I have talked about this personally before, and I'm just going to throw that out there now, is that I'm trying not to take take out frustration on Florida for not being somewhere else. Um, while I might want to be somewhere else, I'm not going to hate on Florida specifically just for not being that place. I'll I'll certainly give it shit for its its uh less than stellar issues, but 
there is actually some some good things about especially the areas that we live and work in like we downtown west palm and downtown lake worth i think has a lot of character to it um especially from an art uh, standpoint and indie type of vibe um especially the 500 block of clematis in downtown west palm um it's a place where i used to hang out as a kid because i used to go to shows there and play music down there and it's always sort of maintained this like the other side of the tracks it is literally and figuratively like that um and was just this counterculture area and i love that about that area and um i'm trying to find the positives in the the place down here there are great little pockets of of community down here to where the housing don't look like those cookie cutter communities gated neighborhoods developments blah 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 that have that sort of old florida vibe or spanish uh vibe to them that uh is really cool and to me is like when i moved down here oh that's kind of what i thought florida would be more like not just development upon development upon strip mall upon strip mall and you 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 have to take off your own rose tinted glasses i think to be able to see that and you need to be able to admit that you have issues with the place in general first and then you can start seeing the positives out of it there's there's negatives anywhere you're going to go to and and i I don't need to, I have never been to, well, no, I've been to Chicago once and I want to go back many times, but Chicago has their issues. Philadelphia has their issues. I mean, there's plenty of issues I can talk about for, uh, with Philly for, for hours, but the grass is always greener seemingly, uh, to a lot of people, but, um, I, just talking about how I think we could give South Florida a little bit more leniency on certain aspects. Doesn't deserve a complete pardon on, uh, on <laughs> shitty stuff, especially with uh, some of the stuff that comes out of this this state for for beer uh, innovation. But yeah, and we're handling coronavirus just smashingly. So <laughs> yeah, we're we're smashing records down here. Um, we're all the way up. So. Another thing that I think that the people kind of see when they follow you on Twitter is a sort of pessimistic uh, persona. Um, maybe some negativity in there as well. And from being a friend of yours, uh, I know that you're not all doom and gloom. I know that there are very good positive aspects in your mindset so i i'd like people to really know what makes you really happy like what like what makes you over the moon uh about life about anything like that makes you forget about all of the shit that's going on oh man this is uh this is where we cut to our sponsors, right? <laughs> uh, <clears throat> no, I... 
to go back to the first part you were saying, you know, if you want to see me pessimistic or negative, go back like 10 years on my Twitter before uh, I left the cubicle. That was negative. <laughs> I think I think now I just try to be a little bit more realistic. And if it comes across negative, I mean, you know, a lot of it is context. A lot of it is perspective. Um, I care about what we do and and you know i hate to use the word passionate because a lot of people will use that word to just you know have an excuse to be an asshole but i think you know it seems like at least in in our industry there is a lack of candor or honesty um and you know there are a select few people that i follow that you know will tell you that, you know, they had a bad day and they're going to go home and cry or something like that, because that's, you know, that's real. That, that, that's the kind of stuff it, it's not all sunshine and flowers. I mean, you know, I, I spent all day today posting food pictures of what I was cooking. Like you would have never caught me doing that before, but you know, that's, it, it, you made fun of people who did that. Oh my God. I fucking hated them. I wanted them all to die. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Um, it's just like, shut up and put the phone down and eat the goddamn food. But, (laughs) um, no, I, I really like when I I like surprises and, and, and I don't mean like being blindsided by something or or unexpected news. I mean, like when the underdog wins, like, like that's the kind of stuff I really like when, um, you know, the, 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 the little guy, you know, whether it's the, the small brewer or, you know, like, uh, how do I explain this? Like, like, can you give an example? Uh, I don't know. I feel kind of on the spot, but <laughs> I just, you know, like, like if, uh, you know, like I'm not that into sports anymore, but like if some lowly team from some fucking podunk city, you know, kicks the shit out of the New England Patriots, you know, the evil empire. Like, that's, you know, I love stuff like that, even if I'm not into it. Like, I like the underdog thing. Like um, when a certain team from a certain city of brotherly love beats the Patriots in the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, You know, I, I peace and quiet makes me happy. I don't get a lot of that. <laughs> um... I love when I like here's here's a perfect example something like Barrel of Monks Endless Enigma it's kind of a hybrid of styles of you know New England hazy juicy IPA but also Belgian style and with the way beer has been in the past couple of years it doesn't feel like there's anything particularly new you know, I know everyone's throwing the kitchen sink and the beers and everything like that, but it, you know, there's been a lot of seltzer and slushy machines and all that kind of nonsense. But um, I think for someone to truly like make a hybrid out of a style and it works so well, like I find it inspiring, and that's the kind of stuff that you know gets me going. Um, even if it's you know not at my own brewery, it, you know, I, I love you know, rooting for those guys and, and, and raving about them and, and having other people enjoy it when I turn them on to it. So, you know, it's stuff like that. I love, you know, 
properly executing a beer when I, you know, write a recipe and I put it together. Like, you know, that's something that makes me happy when it comes out really well. And when you hit um, all your numbers and yeah, the product uh, comes out right. Yeah. Yeah. Especially with like the low level of, of automation or, or lack of that I have right now, it, it makes it a little bit tougher. So to do that, you know, really feels awesome. And, and to, you know, get good feedback on what we're doing, you know, that, that always feels great. You know, that's, that's what keeps me doing what I do is that, you know, I've always said there's a tangible result for your work at the end of the day. You're not just pushing endless paper until you die. You know, you, you see people right on the other side of the brewery enjoying, you know, something you just made and, and it's a pretty good feeling. Yeah. And uh, I, I love uh, Marvel movies if, if they're ever going to come back. <laughs> I, I know that that is something that you love. You, you would get the family together and go to the midnight showings of a lot of these. Uh, like it became like it, it, it's at least from an outsider of sorts, a ritual, a, a, a fun thing for you and your family to do. And it seemed like you guys really enjoyed that. You guys dressed up like, I mean, not in costumes, but you guys had like your Marvel shirts on and uh, take, seeing the selfies of you guys sitting in the theaters before uh, the, the, the movie starts screening uh, was always a joy to, for me to see just how happy you guys all seemed. Yeah, and that's something I definitely miss with all this bullshit going on is, is the you know, like people always complain about the theaters. I know you said you didn't like going to theaters. Yeah. For the for the most part for me, it's it's a rough experience because even though like I make sure we have assigned seats and everything, I'm still there like 30 minutes early. I'm silencing my phone in the car trying to be cur- you know, courteous for everyone else. And then there's some shitbag in the theater texting. I mean, I had one guy next to me once where every time he got a text, it was on silent, but his camera flash would go off. Holy fuck. Like, I could I could have taken... And he kept the phone in the cup holder between us. So, like, I was would, so... Like, tem- flash you in the face? Yeah. <laughs> and I was so tempted to just pick up the phone and throw it. But, yeah, I, but I, I do miss the movies. I was almost considering doing the drive-through this weekend, or the drive-in. Yeah. Um, you know, they're not showing anything new, but, you know, they had a certain kids movie i was like maybe we'll take them and then which such a long which place drive. is doing the drive the lake worth one lake worth and i think yeah. it's sunrise i the lake worth one has been like it's been doing that for as long as i've lived here uh and that's over 20 i mean well over 20 years uh they've been doing that and then yeah the sunrise up at the swap shop right yeah and i haven't done one of those since 2003 uh, fun fact the... i've never done a drive-in oh it's fun man it's cool it um, it is something it seems like it's something i would enjoy because it's a little more personal and it seems very retro throwbacky to me in that that t- sort of nostalgic way that i like i sometimes hate on nostalgia uh because i hate nostalgia for the sake of nostalgia especially when it comes to wrestling you can check out my other podcast where I uh, talk about that bullshit. <laughs> um, but there are certain things I get nostalgic about, and it's even things that I've never experienced, like a drive-in, like just seems so old school to me that I would love to go back to a time where that was the thing. 
Yeah, and I last went in 2003 to see The Matrix Reloaded. And I was thinking like, oh, they're going to hand you some little device that you like put on your windowsill and that's how you hear it. And it's like, no, you just tune to a specific whatever, radio. Yeah, the FM yeah. station. Um, and I just, I wish that so much of the newer stuff they're showing just looks like crap. There's so many, it just seems like there's so many piece of shit movie. Like, obviously they're delaying all the blockbusters because they've spent so much on them and they want to make as much money from them as they can. So, you know, we're not going to see something from Marvel or whatever at the, hold on, shut that door. Sorry. Um, so yeah, like they're not going to be showing the Marvel stuff right now. They're, they're, they're waiting for like a big, you know, wide release. And I think the only new movie that was really showing was that new Russell Crowe one where he's like some fucking road rage. Like I get that on the drive to work every day. I don't need to <laughs> pay to see that. Like that just looks like such a miserable experience. But, you know, we 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 did have the movie ritual. We would go to, you know, we would go buy the movie candy at Walgreens because the same candy from the theater is at Walgreens for a dollar each. And, uh, you know, we're, we are excited. You know, Bill and Ted's is coming next week. I was hoping to try or, or go see it in the theater, but doesn't look like that's going to happen so we'll probably make like a big movie night out of it at home you know we'll do up all the popcorn and everything yeah uh i know that's one that you've been looking forward to for a while kevin smith said it made him cry so it's probably going to make me cry <laughs> um so th- th- this might seem like the same sort of question from the last but I think that it's different. What are you proud of? Like being happy about something is, I think, different than being proud of something. And I, I think that you have done some things uh, to be very proud of, at least in this industry. I mean, life in general, they, I'm sure there are things. But what gives you a huge sense of pride when you think back to it. Well, I, there's a part of me that gets nervous around the word pride because you can see how certain people take it to levels that aren't healthy. You know, they're, they're overly proud and it makes them stubborn or set in their ways or Mm. arrogant or cocky. Um, and it wasn't probably until, you know, the last few years that I really started to feel any sense of that towards anything. Um, cause you know, I'm sure as everybody knows, I was in cubicle hell for so long and then, you know, jump ship to work in beer. And then when I finally got to kind of strike out on my own a little bit and not have to answer to anyone except for an owner and do my own thing in the brew house, um, you know, got, got to do some really good stuff and, you know, I'm very, very proud of, you know, all the awards, the, the medals, um, you know, whether it's, you know, a gold in this or a bronze in that or whatever, like it, it's just cool to be a part of this and be recognized for it. And it feels good because I never thought I would have that. Um, and you know, I, I try to not overthink those things and I know that on 
any other day it could have gone a hundred different ways and and judges palettes change and all that good stuff and there's a lot of luck involved but at the same time you know to get recognition for anything i've done just just feels really good even if it's just like i said the person in the tap room enjoying your work you know that's that's something to be proud of and and uh it fulfills me in a way and uh you know, I, I was telling the guys on the podcast the other night, you know, that I was proud of the work you and I did together uh, for a few months and how, like, the top four rated beers we had were ones we made together. You know, that really meant a lot to me. So, um, you know, it, it, it's things like that. Um, you know, I, I won't give you the I'm proud of my kids and all that because that's standard. I mean, that, you know, that's a given. All, all the stuff they do and, and, you know, how well they do in school and sports and all that. Um, you know, obviously, you know, any any dad who's not a piece of shit is proud proud of his kids. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's stuff like that. Like I said, I try not to get too big into pride and stuff, but those are things that make me feel good and feel like I've at least done a little something. Uh, yeah, I mean, thinking back to, yeah, our time brewing together uh there is a number of those beers that yeah i i would say that i'm proud of and i'm i'm super stoked that i got to be a part of helping make them and to that that you allowed me to like have input on like recipe development on those like okay we should we should use this we should use that um and just how those beers came out like wow like we made we made something pretty awesome there. Thinking about that Saison though, I, I was just like uh I missed that beer. I really enjoyed that beer. And uh Well I've got a new one. I, I know. You <laughs> said you said you're gonna try to bring bring some by. Uh, yeah, I gotta come up that way. And and when you do, I have a number of shipping like bottle shipping boxes for you and i will give you some beer to send off to some of our friends in the industry like you said you've been trying to do for a while yeah i feel like i owe 100 care packages at this point i i can definitely get you some freshies that is uh not some beer that you got off the off the shelf that is months old so awesome yeah thank you um so the the thing that I think that a lot of people will see from following you is how open you are about your me- mental health. Uh, you you put it all out there. You let people know when you're having a bad day, when you're feeling down about something, when something's frustrating you. Um, and and with with that all said, is there anything that gets you frustrated that causes you to have bad mental health days that you can, you can see that you're, you're trying to work on uh, with yourself that you, you want to get better at. Well, it's always been important to me because my mother had mental health issues. You know, when I was growing up, you know, she was bipolar and manic depressive. And, uh, after, I graduated high school, I took a year off and then I suddenly had this thought like, 
I want to help people. I want to be a psychologist or a psychiatrist. And I did go to school for it, but I never followed through because it just couldn't hold my attention. Um, you know, I, I, I aced psychology. Like I got more than a hundred percent cause I loved it and I put everything into it. But then it was like algebra and statistics. And it's like, well, what the fuck do I need that for? Like I, I just, everything else that I was required to do bored the shit out of me. And unfortunately I didn't stick with it. And it's, it's one of, you know, few regrets I have, but it's still always been important to me. And, you know, it's just one of those stigmatized things still, even after all this time, after, you know, a quarter century of people regularly using the internet, it still feels like it's one of those things people want to sweep under the rug and not be so open about. And, Believe me, I'm I'm not as open as you may think I am. I mean, the the truly dark shit does not come out on Twitter. Like I'll, because I there there are times when I don't want the response. I don't want to like peel that layer back and then go further. You know what I mean? I don't want someone mm-hmm. to reply and talk about it. And so a lot of times I'll just hold shit in, or I'll just nuke my account like I did the other day. Uh, but I'm back. Um, and I just think the main thing is that it's important because with people who do talk about it, they all seem to understand that like just knowing you're not alone is the biggest thing in the world because it's, you know, people who get depressed or anxious or have certain thoughts or feelings, they think like it's only them, that nobody else could possibly be feeling this way in this way and of course everyone on the internet half the time is so fucking phony it's only the it's only the smiley selfies and the 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 sunny days and you know no one's no one's really posting about the harder stuff and it's still happening whether we're being public about it or not but people you know appreciate knowing it's not just them and i try to reach out when I can and, and let people know they're not alone or I know what they're going through. And it's, it's, I just, I think it's a big deal. I think it's important. I think a lot of people are going through stuff, especially now that we don't even have the slightest clue about. So what, like uh, all great stuff, but I don't know if you necessarily address the question. What do you see in yourself that you would like to be better about sorry uh yeah so i think one thing i am horrible at is just kind of keeping up with or like fostering relationships like and it's not like i don't want to talk to someone and i forget about them or anything like that it's just I suck at it. Like, it's just not my strong point. Like, I'm very introverted. I'm very reserved. I don't let people in unless I feel like they've already let me in. It's kind of a defense mechanism. Like, I'm going to keep them at a distance so they can't push me away kind of thing. And, you know, that's something I'd like to fix because there are certain people I know who just have, you know, they, they have that, like, it factor. Like, they can just thrive in any situation. They can get along with anyone, very personable, outgoing. And like, I don't totally want to be all that. I just wish I was a little bit better at kind of functioning in those situations without feeling awkward or like not enough. 
You know Did what I you mean? you say that a certain other co-host who isn't on this uh, episode is sort of like that, who can function in almost any situation? He seems like uh, he's he's definitely in that, that wheelhouse, yeah. I mean, to be doing sales seemingly as long as he's been doing in this industry, I feel like you you got to have a little bit of that, and maybe maybe part of it is is show, but to be able to do it and... Uh, uh, have it work <laughs> seems to be a skill yeah for sure and to strike up uh you know a relationship even if it's just a business relationship out of nowhere out of the thin air that's huge and that's a lot of work and it, it takes a lot of skill and effort and you know um i think it's just not something i've ever had and I come from a family of salespeople and it all turned me off when I was very young. I didn't enjoy being around it. I didn't like the idea of, you know, it, it almost feels like you're in, when you're in sales, it's like you're trying to get one up on somebody, yeah. even if it's not totally a, a negative connotation. But it's like, uh, you know, to mention Carlin again, it's like, you know, he's always like the businessman always assumes that, you know, the other guy is a moron and he's got to fuck him as best as possible. And that's exactly what the other guy's thinking. And he's trying to fuck like that's just what it felt like to me being around the sales business that I was around. And uh, it's it's an admirable quality. I know I definitely don't have it. I mean, I I don't even feel like I could function behind a, a bar anymore, let alone walk into <laughs> an account and sell him a keg. Uh, I think it was on the anniversary episode that we, we talked about where we'd like to see ourselves in this industry. And like I like in my whole drunken rant, uh, I mentioned that there's there's actually only two jobs I feel like in this industry that I don't want to really be in. And that is producing wort, like being an actual brewer and sales like like i just don't want to do the part of brewing like it's fine and dandy and i have nothing against it i just don't want to do it where sales i really don't want to do it because i i do feel like i would be phony uh and the the only way for me to be successful at it is to be phony because i am not I'm awkward as fuck around people who I don't know. And I'm trying to, I, I did the Jupiter craft brewers festival this year for the first time in a long time and people coming up and me being like, all right, what do you, what do you want? And then they try to make like a comment about something. And I just, I don't, I don't know what to say in <laughs> response. A lot of the times they're like, well, what's your favorite uh, or give me the the latest that that whole shtick uh, it like my awkwardness turns to 11 and it's like get me the fuck out of here and if i have to do that as a job and go in and try to cold call a bar or try to um get a chain placement with uh some local chain I, i'm gonna be bad at that um well, I think, and I, th I think there's definitely some phoniness to it, even, you know, like you're going to walk into an account that, you know, is a pain in the ass and you still got to put on the smile and everything like that and and get your sale. 
and and yeah. maybe pretend you like them a little bit more than you do. So there's there's definitely that. Um, and, and I'm I'm always surprised when you you bring that up because I feel like and obviously I can't know what's going on inside you, but just for how long I've known you and the social situations we've been in together, I always feel like you're the more outgoing, uh, personable, like, you know, we're at EBF together and you're striking up conversations with all the breweries around us. And I'm just like all quiet and introverted cause I'm, I'm nervous and awkward and, and all that. And you know, you're, you're like making connections. I don't, I don't, I don't even feel like I'm, <laughs> I'm that way, uh, with it. Like, I, I feel like sometimes it's just this, there is an awkward tension with, uh, booth mates uh to where i just decide all right i'm gonna break the break the ice here just to make it not be too awkward anymore and then by the time i do that it's like all right i don't have anything else to say to you so stay the fuck away from me uh but it's not always like that i mean uh, one year when we were at ebf like uh, we we had great conversation with uh the guys from uh captain lawrence uh, who were right next to us, like the three sessions that we were there next to them, getting to hang out, bullshit. Um, they even invited us to their sour invitational uh, that year. We we couldn't partake in it um, for logistical purposes, but I mean that yeah that that was a situation where. I guess I was kind of personable, but like sometimes I just don't know what to what to do. And you know, it, friend of the show Jeremy Danner very often will will talk about sales and marketing and people who say like we don't have a sales guy, we don't have a marketing guy. Well, you if you you talk about your brewery online, you're a marketing person. You go out to a bar and you talk up your brewery, you're you're a salesperson. And there's there's some truth to that and. I can definitely talk up my brand from a, a, a technical standpoint and talk about the beer. Um, but there's some sales jargon and lingo and all the stuff that goes into that with a whole lot of initials that I don't like understand like PFPs and FOBs and PTRs and IRIs and all of that stuff that Phil fucking knows like the back of his hand not that he necessarily i guess enjoys it but he he knows that that's 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 his wheelhouse um yeah it's it's that stuff is interesting because to be a good salesperson you got to give some of who you are like really who you are and then you also gotta i feel like play a bit you gotta act a little bit yeah, and it's it's a, a probably a lot more human interaction than I'm comfortable with, um, and like like one thing I have trouble with is just ending the conversation. I'm like one of those terrible SNL oh, skits yeah. <laughs> where it's just like I almost need like an applause sign to get me out of there. Like, all right, like you know, the light comes on, and and I, I need the music to play me off because. I just like, I don't know what to say. It's like, okay. like I kind of felt weird earlier when we started getting into the weather. I'm like, oh Christ. Cause when, when I'm talking to people and the conversation starts going into the weather, I'm like, oh, this is, <laughs> this is going to be bad. 
I I felt that way a little bit at my own wedding that like going going to people like and talking to them for a little bit and being like all right I'm going to go over here now <laughs> and talk to them yeah. like because you're in that situation where you got to kind of like show face to everyone so it's like all right I'm stopping this conversation I'm just going to walk over here now uh, and you had the opposite wedding of me where, you know, I'm in this fucking ballroom with a hundred people I don't know. I mean, it was all of like, I have a very small family and, and a lot of them didn't even show. And my wife's family, just tons of people. And her mom invited all of her like friends and real estate partners and clients. And I mean, I was just going table to table like, hello, I don't know you, but thank you. And it was it was so weird. Yeah, I, I mean that's uh, that's got to be uh, mind-boggling. Excuse me. Um, so I get, I got through pretty much the questions that I was going to ask of you. Um, what is there anything else that you really want people to know about you to understand about you? Um that maybe your Twitter persona or even people who know you in real life that maybe they don't really understand about you. Um, God, that's tough. I mean, I already said that I don't like to let people in and now you're asking me to let everyone in. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's up to you. That's why I said, is there anything that you, you want people to know? If you want to say no, <laughs> no, that can I, be it. I would just say don't take everything so literally or seriously. Like, yeah, it, I'm going to tweet something like, oh, she put on Big Bang Theory, so I guess I'll pack my things. Like, I'm not shitting on her. I'm not. It's just a joke. It means I'm in an uncomfortable situation where there is a horrible show on my television and I have to endure it for the next half hour. Like, it's not. I, I'm not going to punch her out and then move into a motel. Like that's not what's happening here. So just don't take everything so literally. My, uh, I, I, my... I use the humor as like a defense mechanism because I'm frustrated and venting and uncomfortable. And, you know, now I'm going off and that's the fucking problem sometimes is like when I'm actually serious about something, it may just kind of, fall by the wayside because it's like, oh, that's just Joel ranting again. Uh, you know, we we didn't even uh, talk about what we're drinking or drank, drunk. Yeah. Uh, what, what have you been drinking or? <laughs> so I've got a big old cup of ice water right now because uh, I've been barbecuing all day and I had a few beers in that time. Um, opened my first beer. I started... Started a pork butt on the on the offset smoker at 10 a.m. I started with my first beer at 2. It was uh, Calusa Brewing's Zote. I think that's how it's pronounced. Z-O-T-E. Uh, IPA. It's it's their hazy IPA. It's got, I think I want to say like Citra, Mosaic, Cascade, and Centennial. It could be wrong. But uh, really, really great beer. And, and they're about to drop their Imperial Zote. I feel like I should just take a road trip up there every weekend all their stuff is phenomenal uh follow that Next up time you want to go let me know i'll uh yeah. i'll tag along 
No, that'd be great. I'd, I'd, I'd love to go with you and Phil because I know you guys are dying to drink their stuff and everything's amazing. And it seems like they're going to have no shortage of amazing cans anytime soon with the way they're cranking it out. So uh, then later on, I cracked open uh, Dissonance, their coffee and cinnamon brown ale, which is amazing. And uh, with the barbecue we had for dinner, uh, I opened their barrel-aged ESB, which was really nice. I like that. That beer specifically intrigues me because I don't think I've ever heard of a, a barrel-aged ESB, but it sounds glorious to me. And it's still so subtle and approachable. It's just so nice. That's awesome. Uh, I I had a uh, wild little thing from sierra nevada yeah uh, i this has been out for a while now and this is my first time actually having it i i saw i was not at my my normal uh publix but uh the one i was at they had six packs of it and they're from last month so i was like oh sweet i'll pick that up i did not realize that it had guava hibiscus and strawberry in it I thought it was just like a like mildly tart like kettle sour yeah. type of beer. Uh but it's very nice. Like it is slightly sour as it says, but even their slightly sour is way more sour than some of like Sam's uh sour beers have been uh in their variety packs. Right. And big strawberry flavor to it really nice i i enjoyed it yeah it's very well balanced of course it's going to be one of those things that it's like it's not enough for the the hardcore yeah. vocal minority you know it's it because it's balanced it's it's well executed and it it won't explode i can guarantee that <laughs> <laughs> that's for sure i'm also still working my way through leftover beer from my wedding oh god i i still have some uh some loggers from uh, Copper Point where I work. I still have some wizards left over. Um, I just finished my last uh, high-low uh, on Friday. So still still working through it. We definitely had plenty of beer for my wedding. Yeah, it was Although great. Although the cider seemed to have been a hit because there was none of that left over. And it was hot. Like People were looking yeah. for light and crisp, and that stuff was yeah. really good. Shout out to Plowman Ciders in uh, PA. Is that available here? Did someone hook that up? Oh, no. Uh, I ordered it online. They ship oh, uh, wow. down here. Nice. Um, the, the, guy, the guy is uh, Ben, who owns Plowman. Uh, I met when I was up there. at. Uh, he was at uh, one of our local farmer's markets, and I started following them and was tweeting back and forth with them. He came in the Moss Mill once before when uh, I was working there to say hi and have some of our beers, brought us some ciders. And I just always loved uh, their cider because it's all all dry, um, all with a state-grown fruit uh, that he grows on his own farm and a uh, family farm. And there's like some of them that are spontaneous and some of them with these very farmhouse, Saison-like uh characteristics to them that i just i i adored and yeah you can buy their cider online and they ship to any state that allows alcohol to be shipped into them wow that's great yeah 
probably probably order a box again in a little bit because I know uh, uh, Allie, my wife now, uh, she didn't get a chance to try the uh, the Citra dry hopped one. Uh, so got to get her some of that. Um, so I thought that this was fun because this felt like a conversation and that's, <laughs> uh, that's always what I think interviews, the interviews that I like listening to are, are conversations and they're not too awkward. Now you and I do have the, uh, the, the fortunate ability of having been friends for a long time and usually things don't get awkward in conversations between people who've known each other well. But this is something that I've wanted to do with you and Phil for a long time. Um, and it was an idea brought upon me from our friend Kevin, who uh, did little interviews with some of his friends just for his own personal uh, enjoyment. And when he interviewed me, uh, like it, we talked for about two hours and it felt like 30 minutes. Like it, it went by so fast and I felt like we could have kept on going, but it went so long. I just thought it would be a great way for some of our listeners to learn a little bit more about us, uh, individually and personally, uh, as much as uh, someone wants to give it. Uh, so, uh, hopefully everyone out there, enjoyed it and uh maybe we'll do this again with uh phil and joel or me whatever like however when when we have some of these weird off weeks um but i hope that you enjoyed yourself and you didn't feel too awkward by anything that i asked no it was great you're like the uh james lipton of beer podcasts so uh (laughs) 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 um yeah and no this this was cool and it, it didn't it didn't get as deep as I was maybe expecting. I was kind of nervous about that. I didn't just... want, I wanted to get a little deep, but I didn't want to get you like too like it, there. I, obviously there are certain things that don't need to be put out there. So yeah. I didn't want to get, get too much. In, and I also wanted to keep it mainly positive as well. Yeah. I appreciate so. that. It was good. Um, Joel, you want to uh, give a little, uh, shout you know what do you do you have a last call maybe even that you you want to oh, put man. out there or anything you just want to say before you plug your yourself yeah uh since you were talking about leftover drinks if anybody wants my case and a half of bud light seltzer uh that i got buy one get one free at Publix weeks ago uh going the wrong way down one way aisles uh please feel free to uh reach out if you're local and you can have them cuz they're fucking terrible. Um <clears throat> Vizzy was on sale last week and those are actually legit. I'm upset I didn't buy more. Uh truly never came through with the sponsorship on Twitter like they were teasing and uh I I think I have one truly left and a bunch of Vizzy so I'll be finishing up all these Calusa beers and Vizzy seltzers for the next uh several weeks I think. <laughs> Uh, where can people find you? I am Florida D U H Brewer on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, I also, I know I teased this on the last one. I still haven't posted anything yet, but I do have some pictures to upload. It's egg symmetry at, on uh, Instagram where you'll see me trying to figure out how to, uh, 
balance incomplete egg cartons, uh, you know, as I use more eggs, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I get that OCD. I forgot where it's all like, about that. Yeah. I, I get OCD where it's like they have to be lined up perfectly and have equal weight distribution. I used one egg today and I was like, fuck, there's 17 left. I, I went nuts. <laughs> it was driving me insane. And then uh, my wife came out and used two and I didn't notice. And then my brother takes the eggs out of the fridge and goes, you call this balance? Like, you know, he was fucking with me. Like, oh, you call <laughs> this, uh, you know, symmetry or whatever? Because there were just three missing on one side. And I like, oh, that that triggered me. I um, remember you bringing this up on the last episode. Phil and I immediately went and followed, and I and now have uh, forgotten all about it. And I'll probably end up having an account that documents all my exploits playing dishwasher Tetris. <laughs> well, uh, Joel, I've uh, I've appreciated your time in doing this. It was a lot of fun. I Likewise. hope you had fun. Yeah, thanks. And uh, yeah, we'll... Uh, We'll get back to, I guess, a uh, new show uh, next time. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Phil's so out. enthusiastic about that. Phil's out. <laughs> He's over. You're He's fucking done. out. <laughs> taking some time talking to my good friend Joel and hopefully allowing you to learn a little bit more about Joel the person and not just at Florida Brewer on Twitter. And yeah, there's obviously crossing over and a lot of stuff that is really Joel on his Twitter account, but there's a little bit more to him than just uh, what you see in his tweets and uh, I hope that you enjoyed it um, and hopefully we can do some more episodes like this in the future as well uh, next episode in a couple weeks Phil should be back and we should have a brand new episode for you then uh, in the meantime you can follow me on social media at Mike Loves Beer on both Instagram and Twitter you can also follow the show at United We Drink on uh, Twitter at United We Drink Pod on Instagram, also our website, unitedwedrink.com. Uh, we're also on Facebook if you're into that sort of thing. And if you can financially support the show by buying something at our store, unitedwedrink.com slash store, we really appreciate that. Uh, it, we have shirts, buttons, stickers, totes, face masks now. Um, so head on over there, and if you can buy something from the store. We greatly appreciate it. Send us a tweet uh, with you wearing the item that you buy uh, and we'll retweet it out there. We really would love to see uh, you wearing the gear, uh, you supporting the show. It really means a lot to us. Um, other than that, we'll see you back here in two weeks for a brand new episode. Thank you everyone once again and cheers. <laughs>